This is Sports Best, presented by Repost on the Reposted Podcast Network. Coming at you like a random stat that means nothing, but gave me a little chuckle. He is Anthony Statboy Reali, and I am Tony <laughs> Kornheiser. Here's a stat that I found that I had to write down. It means nothing. Here you go. Tom Brady has been in the NFL for 21 seasons and has made it to the Super Bowl 10 times. That's 47% of the time he is in the Super Bowl. Steph Curry future hall of famer has a career average from three-point line of 43 percent so it's more likely that tom brady is going to end up in a super bowl than steph curry will make a three there you go wow that's a that's a great stat this is great it, it means nothing but like uh most people don't go to the super bowl tom brady is more likely than curry hitting a game three and curry hits a lot of threes he is a lot of threes well, I didn't want to start off the show on a sad note, but tragic news for Notre Dame hopeful what? Kirk Peterson. Brian Kelly is leaving <laughs> Notre Dame for LSU. I was genuinely shocked when this happened. I, I mean, Notre Dame seems like a dream football job. You have seemingly endless resources. Maybe it's a little bit harder to recruit with the enrollment standards, but anyway, he is going to LSU, and they have confirmed on Tuesday morning that he agreed to a 10-year, $95 million deal that also has some incentives. I think it's crazy. Also, there's probably some implications for Nick Saban because I think he has some kind of clause. He has to be the highest-paid coach, so he might get a pay raise because of this. But do you think are you shocked by this or was this like oh yeah that makes sense none shock whatsoever they offered the dude 95 million dollars he is a hired gun he is like he's moved up the food chain of the coaching world to win games he's never going to win it at notre dame right because they got high academic standard standards it's kind of like stanford he was never going to win it lsu backed up the brinks truck they got lots of great players in that state of louisiana i'm assuming I, I'm assuming they're going to win a national championship while he's there. Yeah, I mean, I, the last two coaches that have been there have won a national championship. I got a quote from a Notre Dame alumni fan of the show, Ryan. Quote, I always liked Kelly. <laughs> <laughs> I was I mean, like, do you think, here you go, I got to throw something out there. Is Urban Meyer the new coach of Notre Dame? Is he going to be the next coach of Notre Dame? Wouldn't be surprised. That wouldn't, seems wouldn't... like a good fit. I love it if Urban Meyer comes in, wins a national championship, Next year in Colorado is still under 500. That seems like a possible move. These these stories used to really piss me off, like coaches leaving in the middle of the night for lots of money. But now that the players can transfer without having mm -hmm. to lose a season, they get a little NIL money. As long, I feel like kids that grow up today now know it's not just we do athletics for the love of joy for working out and teamwork. Everybody now knows it's a business. I'm sure everybody on that uh, Notre Dame football team is like, dude got paid $95 million, had to take it. I'm sure there's some angry people, but most people get it. I mean, the most angry people are probably the incoming freshmen or the totally. people that are just finishing their freshman year with all the promise that they thought they had. But good news is Notre Dame has unlimited funds to bring in whoever they want. So I don't think they're going to get a no-name coach next. The I mean, I'm reading reports as we're talking that Notre Dame is preseason number one for next year. So. That's always good. Them and the I've Cowboys. Always, I, I feel like I'm a different animal in that if I was a college football coach, I would coach at two schools, Stanford or Notre Dame. Great institutions, really smart people. You're going you're gonna to be connected in the business community. Like Those are great jobs. You have great facilities. 
but you're probably not going to win a national championship, right? You have to live in South Bend. That's terrible. Okay, Palo Alto, though, Stanford. Palo Alto, yeah, I, I can get on board with living in uh, Northern California, but not so much. I'm saying it's, it takes a very specific coach that wants to go there and know, like, hey, you're not going to get the best of the best players, but you're going to be in a great circumstance. If you win, you know, 75% or 60% of your games, you're going to be set for life and you're good. Yeah. So moving on, kind of a, a, a companion story is that Lincoln Riley left Oklahoma for USC. Were you shocked by this job switch? Uh, it makes a little bit more sense going from Norman to Los Angeles is a little <laughs> bit of a, an upgrade. I'm not sure what the upgrade is from, from South Bend to Baton Rouge, but I guess also against my argument, these coaches are spending 99% of their time at the facility. So it doesn't really matter what the town's like. He seems LA, right? He's young, kind of yeah. good looking dude. He runs a high flying offense. Like, I, I, I wonder what the, the, I'm, I'm sure they, they're a private school, so we don't know how much money he's getting. It's probably they backed up the Brinks truck. It's probably like 10 million bucks a year or something like that. And you're living in LA, you're gonna get lots of players. But I'm wondering if this is like a really hard to like if he's a Oklahoma Plains guy and it was really gut-wrenching for him to make this decision. I doubt it was gut-wrenching. I, I, I my guess would be like, yeah, that seems like USC is one of the coveted. I would say USC and Notre Dame would be more coveted than LSU, but um, I mean, the SEC seems like the only place to really be to, to be in contention. So uh, I think it's exciting. Um, but uh, hopefully he'll get some more Heisman trophies at USC. I, I think know. he's a lot sm smarter. Well, once again, $95 million for Kelly. But, I mean, if, you, if you're the coach of USC and you're good, you have to only play the Pac-12, like the Oregon, Utah. Like, if, you're, if you take the um, LSU job, you got to run the gauntlet, Texas and – um, they're coming they like i mean you're gonna lose two games a year so you're not gonna get to the national championship you take the usc job all you gotta do is beat the pac-12 guys and you're almost automatically in the national championship game i'm sure lincoln riley will land on his feet but there is going to be i think some adjustment from living in norman and being exalted <laughs> as someone that can do no wrong yeah. like i'm sure he's beloved wherever he goes yeah and he's going to come down here in los angeles and he won't be recognized on the street so i mean there's going to be some some I mean, learning curve on that. And, and so maybe that's a good thing. Like, maybe he's like, you know what? I'm just the Lakers coach is going to get looked at. I'm not. I'm, you know, I don't know. I think there might be some good for him. I don't know. Yeah, that's a good thing. Well, the Thursday night game or the Super, Super Bowl for Thanksgiving was played and I watched it. Did you watch the Raiders play the Cowboys? I did not watch. The, I didn't watch any football. My, my most proud thing that happened to me last week is I picked up my phone and I drafted a text. To Kirk and I was like, I want to get the Cowboys to cover, and I didn't send it, and I'm really glad I didn't. The Raiders, if you don't know, beat the Cowboys 36 to 33, and it turned out being the most watched broadcast show on any network since the Super Bowl of this year. So people were in full force on Thanksgiving watching the Raiders beat the Cowboys. So I don't understand this. The Cowboys are on thanksgiving every year why was them and the lions were on every year yeah so like why was this game the most watched cowboys game in the last 30 years not cowboys game no show yeah like so, anything yeah so I think why because was everyone was like because i think the cowboys are primarily associated with thanksgiving everyone knew that the detroit was going to lose and so people maybe people didn't tune into that and the third game is a relatively new occurrence one cool stat kind of like the Tom Brady thing is the home team has not won a Thanksgiving game since 2018. That's wild. 
Turkey Day visitors will take an eight-game winning streak into 2022. Yeah, that's amazing. You so, know, by the way, the game was kind of nasty. There was a lot of lot of penalties in that Raiders Dallas game. It was kind of you know kind of clunky. Yeah, the the NFL product just in general has been kind of weird recently. I was watching the Monday night game last night, and that was wonky. I don't know how much you got into that, but I did. I did. It was kind of crazy. Like I can't believe. I mean, my boys, we happen to all turn to the TV at the same time with that onside kick. It's like. What are the odds that teams ever get the onside kick anymore? And they yeah. Seattle gets it, and then they penalty. He lined up offside, and then I don't know if you saw at the end of the first half, the the Seattle scored a touchdown. No, Washington scored a touchdown, blocked the PAT, ran it back for two points. So instead of being up ten seven, it was tied at nine. It was just a bunch of weird occurrences yeah, happening like, all over the place. Washington's fourth and one, on, fourth and goal from the one they don't get it. Seattle's now got to drive the length of the field. They right. get the touchdown. They don't get it. Was, but it was, not only did he like kind of caught it, and that could have gone either yeah, way on the fourth yeah. and one. It was, yeah. uh, it was. Nicole was even interested in the game. It was all sorts of crazy stuff happening. So the NFL has been kind of weird. We don't know who's going to win, and I think that's kind of fun. Well, I, I don't know. I feel like the Packers are the teams to beat at this particular point. They beat the Rams. Green Bay looks awesome. You know, all the drama with Aaron Rodgers in the preseason. He had the COVIDs. He's come back. Matthew Stafford, Rams quarterback, has thrown a pick six now in three straight games. So the Rams kind of circling the drain in your neighborhood. Yeah, I I wasn't really long on the on the Rams, but they, I mean, they started off good and it seemed like good betting money. I, one of the cool things about Aaron Rodgers is he was even playing with a hurt foot I don't know if you saw pictures of his hurt toe that made me wonder whatever happened to turf toe do you remember the 90s the turf toe was like a really Deion Sanders had it oh I haven't heard about turf toe since the 90s I'm that feels like a a made-up thing it was like snipe hunting I have a turf cap right now by the way so we talked about the Packers in the NFC the hottest team you could argue in the NFL would be your New England Patriots, who have the league's best winning streak. They beat the Titans 36-13 to reclaim the top spot in the AFC East. Six-game winning streak for your New England Patriots. My New England Patriots. I, wow. I mean, it kind of feels like that the way that this season has played out. I mean, I already said that you never know what's going to happen, but the AFC seems to be so much more dominant than the NFC. Like they were showing the the graphics last night that if Washington wins, they're like already a wild card team with a sub 500 record. Like there's the NFC is wide open. The Seattle losing basically got them out of out of the running, but uh, NFC is bad. NFC's well, bad. I don't think they're that bad. I think the Packers are good. The 49ers are on the come. I think there's some good things that could happen. Out oh, of the, the 49ers aren't on the come. Get out of here. We have won three in a row. Three in a row. 49ers. 49ers are a cursed franchise. Okay. I like them being cursed, by the way. I don't root for the 49ers. I'm just saying. All I get shown here is the 49ers, and they've, they're on the come. All right. Well, no bet. <laughs> uh, well, speaking of betting, I th- did we talk like a month ago about putting odds on Tiger Woods, like winning another we major? That felt like a bet. touched on that. Anyway, he did his first long-form interview with Golf Digest this week. He did it on Zoom, and I mean, I guess it makes sense. He's At one point, it was like 50-50 if he was even going to lose his leg. Ooh, he's going to get amputated. That ought to been recovering. There's been videos surface of him hitting the range. Basically, he's like, 
if he comes back, it'll be on a limited basis where he's going to have to target a handful of tournaments throughout the year and just pick those. I mean, he's in his mid to late forties. That makes sense. Any tournament would be happy to have him. So, I mean, it's kind of like they're parading him through at this point to play golf tournaments and why not? So what I would say about this idea is that I don't feel like me and you are confused that he's lucky to be alive, let alone play golf again. But I work for this show in the morning and I was kind of perusing my show prep. And this producer I work for is like, dude, Tiger Woods news, put it in there. And I was like, man, you are not a sports fan if you're freaking out that Tiger Woods says he's not going to play golf full time again. I feel like we all understood that, right? Yeah, I mean, it seemed like a foregone conclusion. He's lucky to still have his life. Golf is lucky to have him even consider being around. Doesn't matter if he wins. He's he's put in the work that he can he can go on his legacy forever. Um, uh, he probably is, his competitive spirit's going to kick in. He's going to want to play. But yeah, it's that that was a foregone conclusion. Also, even if he hadn't gotten the wreck, he's not around that much longer anyway. Yeah, the only thing I would say was Jack Nicholas won a Masters kind of really late in his career, maybe in the 50s or so. So you're maybe like you're kind of like rooting for Tiger to maybe win it. But at this particular point, he's not winning anything ever again. Right. It's like talking about Notre Dame being preseason number one. Like Tiger's just hit on the range right now. Everybody needs to calm down. Just calm down. But listen, we got to feel like it had been a while. We had to insert a Tiger story in. Yeah, sure. I love talking about Tiger. All right. I don't know if you know this. But we are on the eve of a baseball shutdown, Andrew Keller. Mm-hmm. The offseason, though, Hot Stove League, I know you love the Hot Stove League, has produced more than $1.9 billion worth of guaranteed deals for two dozen baseball players. Corey Seager of your Los Angeles Dodgers left to Texas and $325 million. That seems so insane. As of Sunday, 13 of the CBS Sports Top 50 free agents had signed. Chris Bryant is not one of those guys that signs. He's one of the biggest names on the free agent list, but he's not planning on signing before the work stoppage. Major League Baseball likely to lock out the players starting Wednesday, and that means you can't sign a free agent deal. They say this is going to last months, not days. So if you're Chris Bryant, why in the world would you not sign one of these big money deals before the lockout i think he's betting that they're going to come up with terms that are going to be more player favorable and he's going to get a better guaranteed deal i think it's funny that we were talking about brian kelly making 95 million over 10 years (laughs) nine and a half million a year and that means nothing in the terms of these like blue chip players and baseball i mean the money that they're making is is staggering the money's there so i mean why not but i mean chris bryant seems to be in the driver's seat to kind of write his own check and It seems like a safe bet for him to bet on himself. Well, I guess it's always the age-old question, right? It probably is a safe bet, but the safe bet is that someone offers you $300 million in 10 years. You take it now before you roll, because there is a a thought that the players will get a worse deal and not get a better deal after the dust clears. I mean, it's possible. I wouldn't have, I remember A-Rod making $250 million over however much was like, mind-blowing and now that's not even a big deal i mean also thinking about um the last dance scotty pippen taking that long-term guaranteed deal ended up being bad in the long run and who knows what's going to come on the other side of this maybe we're at a saturation point and it can't get better for chris bryant but like even even if it gets worse he's still going to make tens of millions so 
financially, I think he'll be okay. I don't know. I like him betting on himself. He's, he's in a power position, which is rare for players. Well, here's what I would say. Baseball's the only one of our major leagues, baseball, bas- I mean, basketball, football, hockey. hockey, that has some sort of uh, a cap on how much players can earn. So they're always fighting about the percentage. So the NFL is dealing with the players. They're fighting about the percentage of the money the players are going to get for how much they earn. In baseball, there's no such thing. It's like there is no cap. So these owners, in my estimation, have much more control than the baseball players because there's no cap. They can do whatever they want. And so my point is if you're betting that the baseball owners are going to play fair and you're going to get a better deal on the other end, I say, yeah, I don't think that's the case in baseball. Maybe not. I mean, How long do you think this this lockout will last? Over under two months. Oh, I think this is going the distance. I think this is going to be gonna right push on up in. into the season. Absolutely, I think it's going to go straight into um, February and spring training for sure. Wow. Now, whether it goes into the season, I don't know, but like, yeah, because these owners, honestly, I swear, I think these owners are crazy. They're just lunatics, and they don't I care. You can't not be a lunatic if you're a bill if you've been a billionaire for any amount of time. Like you, you're not surrounded by any resistance. Everyone does whatever you say. I just feel like baseball owners think it's America's pastime. Nobody's going to tell us what to do. Not the players, not anyone. And this has been set up for so long to begin with. Like, you know, we were talking about this. uh, They don't want to, you know, when they were in the pandemic season, we were like, oh, they don't want to pay the right amount of money because this sets up what's going to happen during the next negotiation. I feel like they're playing a serious game of chicken. Back to Chris Bryant. They're playing chicken with some great, you want to play chicken with someone who's got some sense to them. Chris mm-hmm. Bryant's playing chicken with these baseball owners that don't make sense. Yeah. Well, I don't think he'll even be at the negotiating table. I think he's just going to see how it shakes out, but he'll be rich. He'll be bottom line is Chris Bryant will be rich and he'll be a crazy person later <laughs> in life because he'll be rich for so long. Well, seven games into coach K's final season. Duke ah! is ranked number one. I love Play the following, fight Play talking the fight about song. rankings early on in basketball because Crazy, but it was a big deal. They beat Gonzaga, and they are now in the number one position. They're playing Ohio State. Uh, so they're 7-0. and How crazy would it be if Duke won the national championship and Coach K went went away on top? That would be kind of well, cool. My odds, that was going to give me some odds. What do you think? Is it 50-50 that he wins a national championship? 50-50? No. 10%? You mean 50-1? to No, no, like like – I'm at 50-50. Like, oh, no. he's, got the, he's got the best player, I think, in the in the college basketball. I'd say 50 to 1. I would I would bet 50 on 50 to, 1. Okay. to 1. I wouldn't bet anything lower than that. Wait a that. minute. 50 to 1, and he's the number one ranked team in the country? That's what the only being number one seven games in the season. I mean, that doesn't mean anything. Someone get hurt. The tournament is wild. You never know what's going to happen. I mean, I don't. So I, if, I also I, don't make it a habit to bet on college basketball. So, like, right now, if we were to bet, I would win a dollar and you'd win 50 if Duke won the national championship. Yeah, if you were taking bets. Wow. I'm not taking that. You would that, probably win a dollar. I probably. I don't know if the dollar is worth it to lose 50 to you. If anyone's listening and they want to take that bet with me, I'm in. <laughs> maybe maybe our intern. I don't know. Maybe he's listening. I don't know. I, it, there's a little, I don't know if there's a little known fact. You might know this. Any bet you propose to Kirk, he says yes. So maybe I can <laughs> I backdoor it through you. <laughs> there's sometimes I do, man. I'm like, dang, he's never going to take this. And then he does. And I'm like, Damn Always you. takes bets from you. Son of a God. I love it. 
Well, Brooks Kepka beats Bryson in the match in a very boring way. Who watches golf on Black Friday? Does anybody realistically ever in the history of the world? I was watching, I was playing basketball, I was out doing things. There's no way I would. I would have watched it had it been more interesting people, but watching two professionals that like a, a, a blood feud in golf doesn't really matter. It's not a call, it's not a contact sport. Like you don't really talk, you just kind of silently fume. So I did not spend my Black Friday watching this. Did, did, I'm guessing you didn't either. Uh, I feel like a line that's never been uttered in the world of golf before blood feud in golf. I don't think well, anybody's I ever mean, said that. This, these two are the closest it's ever gotten. What did you do on your Black Friday? I went wine tasting. Willie, where anywhere good? Uh, Del Del Dodo in Napa. It doesn't. I feel like you just. My made father-in-law that up. threw down an industry card, which uh, was a big swing. His, his friend is the COO of Kendall Jackson, and he's got one of these insider cards. And you flash it in Napa, you get the special treatment, and uh, it was great. So, like, what do they give you? Free tastings. Yeah, and discounts and stuff. And the VIA, we tasted some of the reserve stuff we wouldn't have. We're going barrel tasting with this guy in March, which I've never done before. I'm kind of excited. Kendall Jackson's a big winery, in case you don't know. Did you know that he had this card? Yeah, Nicole has some, too, because they're they're what? like family friends with this guy. What? Yeah. I want a card? Yeah. Can you take me to one of these fancy places? Just, you just throw it down, and I don't know a, a, a smooth way to do it, but I saw him do it. We're, like, checking in. He just drops it, and they're like, oh, you're industry. <laughs> He's like, yeah. He's like, what, what did you do? He's like, I'm retired. <laughs> so he doesn't have to ask follow-up questions, um, but it was great. How many people did you have? There's just three of us. Oh, okay. Or is it like you had, like, ten people? <laughs> no. Uh, Del Dodo is expensive, though. I think the cheapest wine offering they had for a bottle was 250 we okay. did not take any home once again i'm gonna go back to my original point i feel like you're making that name up del dodo does not sound like a high oh i'm maybe i'm not pronouncing it with del the italian dodo? accent correctly but it sounds like a bird in africa the dodo del dodo the dodo wine yeah yeah well this has been sports best we'll be around later this week to talk about what it is the lockout thing i don't know i'm andrew for larry saying thanks for that question